Hi, this is Amory Fox, and you're listening to my podcast on your terms, where I talk to people from all walks of life who have made amazing changes in their careers to live life on their own terms. I'll be giving away loads of career advice, including self-branding, interviews, CV tips along the way. If you enjoy listening to these amazing stories, please subscribe for free to my podcast. Welcome back to On Your Terms. Today, my guest is Tony O'Gregan. He's a former Galway hurler and currently working as a performance psychology coach and personal and professional development coach. He has worked with many teams over the last few years, including the Limerick and Tipperary senior hurling teams and the Galway minor hurling team, as well as the Galway senior football team. Tony started his professional career in management accounting, so I'm really interested in finding out what decisions and what changes that you have made to make the move into the coaching role that you are now working in. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Anne-Marie. So if you could start, first of all, and just tell me how you started your career out in the management accounting area. Um. Yeah, probably just starting back, maybe just uh, entering college in NUIG when I was, I suppose, after doing my leave in certain St. Mary's College, I would have um, gone into a commerce degree, which was a three-year degree. And I suppose my interest in school was probably, I found uh, maths, business, economics, accountancy, uh, kind of came relatively easy to me. And there wasn't a huge amount of uh, uh, le- learning and regurgitating maybe of uh, essays and theories and things like that and I, I like the practical things of, of okay. finding out solutions so that probably led me to doing those more maths and business orientated subjects and, and commerce definitely fitted that module uh, when I was looking at a CEO and uh, you know it, it probably good. led me into NUIG and you know from there uh, you know three really quick years it felt like doing the commerce degree yeah. and then I, I applied for a postgrad in economics and uh, really enjoyed that extra year in college and it just allowed me to I suppose weigh up my opportunities and and you know I probably decided then that the professional route of becoming a chartered accountant was something I was interested in my sister was doing it as well okay. and uh, I'd an offer from the bank as well finishing college maybe just start there on a graduate program but I decided I could maybe branch back to the back bank in a couple of years after getting a qualification as a chartered accountant and I thought it would be a good experience for a couple of years okay um, so I was lucky at the time uh playing with the Galway senior hurlers uh we were preparing for a first All-Ireland final in 2005 and I was just starting my first week uh, as a chartered accountant in DH Kane in Galway wow. uh, under the tutelage of uh Crunchy's Kit, uh, who'd be a mad GA fan in Galway and County and City, and a lot of people would know him from Salt and Lachnacara Club and Caltrick yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, I suppose the, the 15 or 16 people starting with me that week maybe were probably surprised to see me in and uh, <laughs> going through a training and induction course. But uh, um, we, we, we got through the week anyway and uh, played the All-Ireland final on Sunday wow. and uh, I think they didn't see me till the following Friday <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, a few calls put out to see where I was but uh, yeah. I had to come back into You had a good office. supporter inside in the, in the <laughs> office I'd say. I had to come back in with my tail between my legs after losing the match and, and try and get back into catching yeah. up the rest of the crew but um, yeah I spent uh, three and a half years in DHK and um, 
first two years were probably playing sailing enough around the exams and balancing that work-life balance and, and uh, a sports career yeah. which is probably taking up about 30 hours a week as well so um I found that quite hard the first couple of years Anne-Marie because I was used to college where there was a certain level of flexibility maybe 20 hours a week and yeah uh, probably even less for me to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it gave me a lot of freedom to train and recover and spend time with friends and maybe work part-time when I wanted and uh, I found the, the balance with college and being an inter-county hurler was very very helpful yeah uh, into a full-time work environment where you had only a month off in the year really and uh, 11 months of work and exams on top of that and uh, you know a new challenge working with a new team and, and trying to understand a, a software system and different levels of reporting and all that type of thing so absolutely yeah very huge, different huge adjustment maybe from the ease of a uh, college and, and then very much responsible for your own time and how much effort yeah little effort you put into things at times so um, that definitely took a, a year or so to adjust to that and um, got through the first two years of exams and then my final year I found really really hard um, uh, failed probably two exams and you know that time you had to wait 12 months for a repeat so okay you know within within a couple of months I was out of contract and uh, an unemployed accountant who was unqualified and you know going on the dole at, at 24 years of age was definitely a really difficult six or seven months of my life and uh, wow. you know I was off the go at panel at that time so you know I'd struggled at my exams and didn't qualify I was struggling in a work context and my performance on the field as well was struggling and mentally and physically I probably really struggled with my health around that time as well and uh, it all kind of came on top of me and you know it probably God. was a help that um, you know had really good people and supports in my life that maybe helped me through that and uh just got back to work really and got back to studying really hard to try and get those repeats and yeah trained really hard to get on the the, on the Galway panel again and uh you know within six or seven months things turned really I got my qualification uh within a couple of weeks I got back on the Galway panel and I think by the following January then I located full-time work as well so um you know what was a, a a major challenge in my life at the time you know it's 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 amazing with a bit of hard work and belief how, yeah. and the support around you how things can turn around quickly and over that seven months then did you still enjoy um I know you're out of work but you were still doing the repeat repeats for the accountancy exams was that something that still interested you at the time or had you started losing interest in accountancy at that stage uh, listen, I definitely think I, I had a, a challenge every week where you were wondering and questioning, am I in the right career at the moment and do I yeah. have a really passion for it and am I any good at it? And, you know, you definitely have all those voices and all those questions in your head. And, you know, all you can do is answer at the time that I was after putting four years into college in, in NUIG and another three and a half into my professional exams. And, you know, yeah. I was only six months away from, you know, qualifying in it. So, I wasn't going to give up on that and, and and I could see the benefit of getting qualified and and where it might open doors for me in the financial world going forward. So, okay. um, you know, it was definitely something I, I, I really wanted to pursue and, you know, get some, I suppose, practice in industry rather than just in, in the practice side of it and understand that there could be other roles or other positions or other projects that I could use my skill set in and it was about maybe exploring that for a couple of years and seeing what I enjoyed around that. So very um, good. I don't yeah. think I, I, I probably did contemplate definitely packing it all in and just maybe going to the bank or doing something different. But 
Um, I knew that I, I wanted to get the qualification after investing seven or eight years in it. And uh, absolutely, it, it yeah, was, it was it was a no-brainer for me to just get the head down for a couple of months and, and get that qualification. It. Yeah, very good. Um, and before we we talk about your decision to move along into the coaching side, I just wanted to maybe have a chat with you and see. What was it when you were younger that you wanted to be when you grew up? Are you living that life now or do you think it was the accountancy side? Can you recall sort of being a younger lad, what, what was you hoped you'd be? Uh, there's no doubt, Amory, uh, like sport was my major passion growing up. And, you know, I think that probably started at five or six years of age where I did broad range in sports and love watching soccer on the TV, love playing soccer in the garden, played a load of Gaelic football with Salt Hill when I was younger. Uh, obviously started with Rahul Newcastle at six or seven years of age and, and developed to uh, the Galway academies then from 14 all the way up to the senior team. And um, I think when it came to maybe making a decision around my CEO, I, I did mention to dad at the time maybe that I would like to do something in sport. But, you know, at that time, NUIG hadn't really developed any sort of sport course. Yeah. Uh, and GMIT definitely wasn't renowned for it either. So... Uh, you had to travel to Limerick, I think, really, was to go to a UL to do something maybe around PE teaching or even sports science was only yeah. starting to really develop. So, you know, careers were probably not as obvious in it. And probably dad was just looking out for my best interests as regards Absolutely, you know, yeah. the business world and the opportunities there, be it in the bank or accountancy world or, you know, com- different companies. And uh, he probably had gone down the sports route himself and realised how difficult it was maybe to you know, gain a qualification. He went out to uh, England to Strawberry Hill to, uh, to qualify as a PE teacher. So okay. he was probably protecting me in ways. But in I other see. Ways, yeah, um, it was definitely a major passion of mine, sport. And it probably would have been a more sensible route to go after your passion when you're 18 or 19. Rather yeah. Than, uh, the choices of uh, being uh, guided by parents maybe your influences that are trying yeah. to do the best for you and it yeah. is a hard decision I suppose they want as you said to see the best for you and I suppose when he didn't really know what else was out there so so I mean that brings us back to where you are right now I mean how did you make that move from completing all your exams working in the financial industry to decide okay you know I need to follow my passion now yeah it was probably I was coming really towards the latter part of my Galway career and we were after playing the All-Ireland final in 2012 and I was just hitting the 29 mark that time and uh, looking into 2013 um, like lost a very important teammate that year in 2012 uh, 2013 period Niall Dunhu would have lost his life uh, through suicide and I began to question a lot of things around, you know, was I really doing what I really enjoyed and was I doing what I was meant to be here on the planet for? And um, I became aware then through the, the Gaelic Players Association that there was a career and personal development coaching available. And, you know, I decided to make contact with them and just really look at, you know, what am I really passionate about here? Where are my strengths? And am I utilising them as best as I can? And we would have done sort of, some sort of uh, inside psychometric that time just to look at maybe where my passions and strengths lay and okay. had a good discussion with a really good coach that time. And it was just outlining maybe area of interest that I was into and, and what we could pursue. And from that conversation, Amory, I just looked up, you know, sports psychology and different certificates in it. And I said, I'm just going to try this for the winter and see, is this something of interest to me? And uh, 
you know, I used to leave Galway on a Wednesday evening there in, I suppose, 2013, and go, I started doing a certificate in Dunleary Institute in Dublin around sports psychology. Wow. It just really, kind of, after three or four classes, I kind of knew that, you know, I'd found something that really lit me up inside. And, you know, I'd Love probably it. been used to doing business questions and tax questions and regulation for the last yeah. 10 years. And I didn't realise, uh, you know, the excitement of learning something new that you're really passionate about and interested in and reading research papers and books on it. And, you know, I can remember driving home uh, that first night and second night from the class and I was back in Galway before I knew it because I was just daydreaming about the possibilities of the future and how exciting and, and enjoyable oh, that's the brilliant. class was. And, well, like I knew by the fourth class, I'd say, geez, I'm, I want to go on and do a master's in this now. It's really, it's really hitting the spot for me. And, and uh, were you working full time at the moment while you were trying yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. And that, that okay. did continue. Like uh, probably the advice anyone I'm coaching at the moment or it comes to me around changing careers that, you know, it doesn't have to be an overnight decision where you, you yeah. Could, the cut plan straight away for me it probably starts in 2013 meeting a coach that winter started you know 20 weeks of a short course for two hours every Wednesday yeah. and then into 2014 I started my master's that September and continued working full-time during it and uh, my master's was one day a week down in Waterford uh, and you know I work full-time from Tuesday to Friday and, and made sure I continued my role in in the finance world and That's it was only brilliant. after I completed my master's that I kind of said I'm going to go at this for a year and just see where it takes me. And I think I'm into year six now, Anne Marie. So fantastic. Uh, I so I don't think I'll be going back to uh, <laughs> an office per se. Very good. Very good. Um, so, what advice would you give yourself looking back now? Is there anything you would have changed? What would you advise them to do? Yeah. And I think some people, after finishing college, it, it can be, you know, I'm not really interested in my job or I'm not really enjoying my job or, you know, sometimes they don't give it enough time to try maybe a different company or a different environment or a yeah. different role. And we can be too quick to maybe go back to college and, and do a new course or do a new degree. So it's about, first off, identifying maybe what your strengths and interests are and in your current role, how often do you use them on a daily and weekly basis? And if not, then it's maybe a discussion with your manager that I'm not really... Um, passionate about this area of my job I realize it is part of it at, at some point but I don't want to be doing it you know 80 or 90 percent of the week and it's trying to find the tasks and projects that really light you up and get you excited and you have an interest in yeah uh, and you kind of help you get into that kind of flow state or absorption state then and you know some people may like working on their own some may like working in teams so it's about understanding your own individual tendencies and, and do you like a balance of that or do you like both of it and brilliant yeah do you like presenting on projects do you just like starting projects do you like bring them to completion or you know what area is it for you and then you know wh what's the the purpose of the company and do you really buy into that what are the values of the company and do you buy into that and how can you, I suppose, bring your own values into that company and how can you utilize them and strengthen them and, and leverage Brilliant. them? Yeah, so, yeah. So those kind of con con constraints that I would look at with, with, with people and say, you know, you, you, you maybe have an idea that you want to change job or leave job, but maybe it's about looking at your own purpose, your own values, and, and are you using, using them in the correct context and work and are you even aware of them? Exactly. And, what's your own purpose in life at the moment and your own motivation, why are you here uh, and how can you use, I suppose, your career at the moment as a vehicle to, 
to, to build on that purpose and build on that legacy. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes we, we go about changing things and, and maybe it's just a, a look inward at our own life and our own motivators and our own drivers and our own beliefs and our own values. Yeah. Shining a light on them and maybe using them in a, in a career context a bit more. And maybe we're not even aware we are using them. And it's about maybe shining light on that as well. So brilliant. I go encouraging people maybe to do a course or, or change companies or change jobs. It's, you know, you have to do a bit of inner work on yourself and gain an understanding of your own strength and your own values and your own beliefs. And exactly. Maybe some of them are hindering you and some of them are, are helping with your, your fulfillment and satisfaction in your career and your life. Yeah. And yeah. Having a and good discussion on that. Absolutely. What, what about your own values? Um, do you know what your own values are? Yeah, I think uh, probably the three things that I, I probably try to shine as much as I can in my career has just been around care, care, um, which would be how do I care for myself on a daily basis around my habits and routines? How do I care for my clients in regards? Do I turn up in the present moment and be with them and attentive? What kind of support do I offer them? Uh, prior to the session during the session and post the session and yeah. you know how do I challenge them in a healthy and safe way and a supportive way so you know it's about you know shining a light on what they're good at and maybe where you see something even more in them that they're not really doing and maybe they're sabotaging themselves or they haven't recognized that skill or, or talent that's in themselves yet and it's about as a coach recognizing spotting that and building the relief around it brilliant you know, challenging them to get to the next level regarding that and uh, you know for me it's probably around that support that level of challenge and that level of honesty with a person when you're you're coaching them to you know I think you can do better here I'd, I see more in you and why are you pulling back maybe from doing this or why aren't you showing the best yourself here brilliant and, uh, I think that's important in a coaching concept that you have that level of challenge but also to support them along things which may be on the back be it fear or something internal or external brilliant brilliant so on your values then so you're talking about care and honesty that they, they would be something that comes true to your work and yeah. everything brilliant yeah. brilliant and tony do you know what makes you happy i know you've made a lot of changes yourself over the last number of years and do you feel you know at this stage what works for you yeah, and uh, I think there's a, an element of internal and external around that, Emery. So, you know, I believe that we're all in control of managing our inner state and, and our inner peace. And whether that's through an activity like meditation or journaling or spending time in nature or walking a book, which might be external to us, you know, it all can also can start with our internal thoughts. So our self-talk around ourselves and what we like about ourselves what we like about others, what we like about the future in the world, and, you know, what our perceptions of, of certain situations can all, you know, build an inner happiness or an inner, you know, frustration. And we are in control of how we manage our, and interpret events and how we deal with situations in our lives. So, Absolutely. you know, you may look at some people and go, Jesus, that's an awful event that they were through. And, you know, then it can be in their eyes, but they can also interpret and say, you know, it was a great learning moment. So I don't have any regrets over spending 10 years as a chartered accountant. I think that it's given me a massive skill set as regards I've learned how to work with people from a technical point of view. I've learned how to uh, produce a, a P&L and balance sheet, you know, income and expenditure, do my own set of accounts. Brilliant. Um, I can understand 
how to communicate, how to commit, how to deliver on projects, how to work within a team, how to communicate and collaborate and, you know, all those things that you pick up in, in a team environment. So, you know, the 10 years of dealing with maybe different personalities, different cultures, working in different uh, companies, different organizations, small, medium startups, multinational yeah. companies, um, people from different backgrounds and religions and, and cultures. That has all helped me evolve into who I am today and, you know, how I may be coached as well. So, you know, I don't think any 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 event that happens in our life is wasted. I think there's a, a learning moment there for us all. And it's how we use that learning going forward to be a better person in, in whatever role in life we have. And yeah, uh, challenges, I think, are, are great things to help us to look inside ourselves and use our inner inner tools and inner strengths. I love it. I love it, Tony, the way that you can look at uh, something and you can either choose to be happy or choose not to be happy. As you said, it's all internal in those situations. So that's that's quite an important point for people to, to understand. They have the capability of deciding themselves whether they're going to be happy in a, a situation or not. So that's fantastic. Are you a reader? Do you have many books that you would advise people or do you listen to podcasts? What do you do to keep your mind going? Yeah, <laughs> no, no issue with that, Henry. Something the mind needs to slow down a bit sometimes. Um, yeah. yeah, listen, I, I could be reading a wide variety of things and listening to a wide variety of podcasts. Uh, at the moment, uh, I'm listening to a good bit on the, the High Performance podcast, um, which would be a guy called Damien Hughes, and um, he would have worked and written a great book. I think it's called Mindset Matters or something like that. And uh, Okay they're interviewing really elite people around their, I suppose their psychological framework and how they deal with success and failure. And some of the, I suppose the core values are non-negotiables they have for their life, be it in business or their own personal life. And, Brilliant. you know, it's, it's, it's been great listening to that over the lockdown. Um, uh, uh, Anathan really, you know, my sister sent me on something there. I think a, a podcast with a, a guy called Jay Shetty there that asked to, yeah. And uh, he talked, he was a monk in his early 20s and, and he just spoke really around the importance of, you know, um, thankfulness and gratefulness. He talked around the importance of meditation, the importance of movement and why you should build these into your daily habits and routines. So, you know, I think that's something I would really look at as a strong coaching point and, and Brilliant. You, know, you know, bringing that information to clients as much as possible. For me, when I look at people, it's very easy coach them from A to B, but I try to look at it from a holistic point of view that, you know, we are probably our mind is 25% of it, our health is 25% of it, our heart is 25% of it, and our spirit is 25% of it. And I try to coach people around how they can develop those four areas of their energy, uh, their their well-being, their their health, etc., and also how it influences their their personal relationships and the per- personal or professional relationships. And brilliant, you know, yeah. You know, you're only if you're only worried about your mind or your, your health you're probably only bringing 25 percent to your work or 25 percent to your your relationships and it's about trying to bring a holistic uh, framework to everything we do and uh, how we can develop that in the coaching context i think is very important absolutely and you've mentioned meditation a couple of times there is that something that you would do yourself quite a lot would you recommend yeah, I think like I only heard about it probably I'd say five or six years ago when uh, 
we started doing it in college through my master's program and uh, okay. I know it's absolutely spiraled in, in every industry now whether it's sports or corporate and you know um, I probably use a, a variety of different things been guided by the breath been guided by uh, my sensations been guided by uh, you know a person talking me through it and uh, that can be used from you know apps like Headspace to Cam to Deepak Chopra on YouTube to Eckhart Tolle yeah. to Louise Hay and uh, I think it's uh, whatever you works for people just to give themselves that 10 or 15 minutes to find a bit of inner peace and an inner stillness and a bit of inner calm and yeah know, from a physical point of view we're, we're lowering our heart rate we're lowering our blood pressure we're boosting our immune system from a cognitive point of view we're improving our ability to learn improving our memory you know our analytical skills uh, there's just so much in it from the psychology and the physiology point of view and you know we're less reactive to stressful situations we're calmer we're more patient and yeah we're, we're more aware of poor choices we maybe make and poor reactions we have around you know relationships or food or whatever it is for people so yeah start a day off with, with, a, with a 10 or 15 minute meditation practice is a really brilliant way to wake ourselves up to consciousness and wake ourselves up to better choices throughout the day. Yeah. You find you're just more present and more conscious in, in different scenarios throughout the day. And you're, you, you know, you're, you're in a present moment focus, I would say, rather than a past or future based focus. And, you know, yeah. that's where, that's where we're at our best in when we're not worried about something in the future or we're not concerned about something in the past. We're just present and, you know moment by moment task by task focused and, and that's where we're productive that's where we're happy that's where we fantastic engaged I yeah. find. and to try and get to that place as consistent and regular as possible in our own personal relationships and our professional you know obligations and, and tasks as well brilliant brilliant yeah it just gives us that ability to quieten the mind you know and if it's a routine that we can get into every morning i do agree you know it, it sets you up for the day who inspires you, Tony, or do you have anyone that inspires you? Um, it comes from me from a lot of different sources, thank God. Uh, like, you know, on, on a Sunday morning, I would coach under sixes in my club right in Newcastle. And, you know, when I think of present moment and, and awareness and not having a care for the future or care for the past, kids are a great uh, inspiration for me around that. And you know how they can bring themselves to the present moment not worry about failure get great mm. joy in trying a, and trying to execute a, a skill you know how they interact with each other how they bring play into their life you know i think you can pick up inspiration from so many things mm. um been out in nature really inspires me i think you know it gives me a clear head it allows me to grow my health it allows me to experience fresh air fresh oxygen you know um and wonderful scenery wonderful you know outdoor pursuits and, and doing it with friends as well is is a real inspiration for me i love reading books i love listening to podcasts i love being in front of groups either presenting or working with them on, on, on an individual or team basis um and i i love uh training and just training as well it gives me a lot of inspiration and been around people that want to improve their health and, and just get better love um, it so you know, I, I think you can draw inspiration from loads of different sources. And um, that's what I try to do, Anne-Marie, and, and, and it works for me, really, to be honest. Brilliant. I love it. What advice would you give anyone that might be um, just stuck, I suppose? 
Yeah, and listen, it's it's not a case of life is straightforward for me that I wake up every morning motivated or I know exactly where I'm going to be in five years' time or five days' time. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever this has taught us is that there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown. And it's to try and trust that whether it's God or a higher power out there is 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 guiding us and is out there looking out for us. And you know. Um, you start to work on getting yourself internally into a good headspace and a positive headspace and you start to develop things like being more present in your relationships, more present in your work, more engaged in what you're doing, starting to let go of some of the fears you may have around the future or not having enough of money or your health or whatever it might be for people. You know, good opportunities start coming into your life then and good people start coming into your life more and more. So, it's about being, you know, calm and at ease with yourself will start to bring more people and more opportunities into your life that promote those type of activities for you and promote those opportunities for you. And the more inner calm, the more inner confidence and the more inner clarity you can develop within yourself, you know, I think that brings the, the right opportunities towards you. And, you know, very often you don't have to Brilliant. You know, be be out there striving for it and try to achieve in it and be grinding all the time either. Yeah, it's about letting go, I suppose, and just trusting in yourself. Yeah, we can get very attached to maybe roles we have, or um, you know, our mind can really look and search for. I need to have this certain level of money, or I need to have this house, or I need to have this car, I need to have this material thing, and when I get there, I'll be happy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm lucky enough in my job, maybe you sit down with a person who's won an All-Ireland final and they might have been 10 years looking to do that thing. And very often, you know, the, the day in itself, you know, it passes very quickly and, and the sense of achievement and joy from that passes very quickly. And, you know, you, if you're you're getting fixated on that when I'm promoted to a manager or CEO that I'd be happy then and you're waiting for that moment to come it's not going to be the the fulfilling or the happy thing that you're, you're expecting it to be that you know you have to find that inner happiness first within yourself and outside things can give you a certain level of achievement and fulfillment and satisfaction but they're never going to complete you and yeah uh, you've got to find your own inner di- diagram around your own happiness and who are the people that help cultivate that and what are the thoughts I'm having around myself and around others in the world that are cultivating that? And what are the activities that I can lean into that help me Brilliant. cultivate that inner peace and happiness? And, you know, for me, it's probably a mix of your own internal world and maybe your external world and, and how you interpret that and the, the things you do in your external world as well that help cultivate that happiness. And, you know, yeah. achieve, achievement is definitely one thing that that, that that can bring about a certain level of it, but it can't be the all encompassing thing where we get, you know, seduced into it, that this is going to make me happy when. Um, yeah. You know, Cause so what happens after that then? What's yeah. the next step? You reach that level and you're expecting this happiness, but then the next day comes. So what's next? So yeah, if you don't, if you're not happy in yourself. Yeah. Cause our mind yeah. and Marie will want to bring us to, Oh, look at the other CEO over there who've led this company to 10 million and we're only at 5 million. So yeah. then I've got to get to 10 million to match up to that comparison. And then my neighbor has a zero or 2020 Merck and I've yeah. only a 19 Merck. And God, if I, <laughs> if I want to be as good as him, I need to buy the new Merck. And, you know, it's a never ending vicious cycle then. So it's, it's important that you have your own internal compass for what makes you happy. And, 
you know you're not Absolutely. trying to reach someone else's standard or someone else's comparison and, and that just leads to you know an ego orientation which is very much around judgment and comparison and you know we're never going to get there we're never going to match up to other people's standards we're never going to match up to other people's happiness or whatever we're trying to you know exactly. match or compare to and you know it's it's just not a great framework for looking at life really in, in my estimation I agree with you totally and Tony would you say that you are living life on your own terms now um yeah I think I I definitely love the flow of my life at the moment Anne-Marie where uh, I have a great variety to my life as regards a work context and uh, you know I, I work with teams and sports psychology and that can be on an individual basis and a team basis you know I get to work in educational settings around lecturing I get to work in corporate sessions around individual and team development and you know home life is really good at the moment as well you know my family and friends are, are very supportive and very positive and great influences on me and you know I feel incredibly lucky to have my health at the moment and been able to train and move and you know in influence and contribute in my community and society every day I just feel very grateful for those things and thankful for the opportunities that come into my life and you know, I feel like I have a huge part in, in creating my future and, and that's a very positive thing for me. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Tony. It was really uh, brilliant chatting to you. I wish you all the success in the future. I know you have so many more plans and loads to conquer yet at this stage. So best of luck and I'm sure we'll be talking again at some stage in the future. Thanks, Emery. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you take away some positive steps from it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for free and tell your friends. If there is anyone's story that you would love to hear, please message me and I'll do my best to interview them. Thanks for listening and for living life on your own terms.